It's episode 84 of The Platformers, a show about nerd culture. I am your host, Brian Barnett. I'm your co-host, Chris Shriver. This week, we're going to talk about a lot of things. We're going to talk about PlayStation Plus. We're going to talk about StarCraft II. We're going to talk about sexual assault. Where do you want to start? I think we should probably start with the freshest hell uh, that you have been through. I wouldn't call it a hell necessarily. You know what? Do me a favor. Ramp for vamp just for one second. I realize my window is open and it is late at night and I have neighbors. So I don't want to be a dick. So hold on. Very good. Very good. So ladies and gentlemen, this is episode 84 of the platformers and I have a delightful drink with me. I have a delightful view of Chris's night pants. They're and, so cozy. Uh, and also a uh, a wonderful Deadpool shirt, uh, which is pretty good. Which can uh, be found at your local most, Walmart. That's probably the most tasteful Deadpool shirt that there is. Probably. Um, most of the other ones involve him saying naughty things. Oh. <gasps> so there's that. So For shame. I Last night I was at rehearsal for uh, Susicle. And right before I left, um, I was approached by my uh, music director, Doris, who... Doris the Explorus. Dor- normally, so, like, she teaches choir um, every now... Or she used to teach choir, but everybody would call it chorus with Doris, which, like, I always thought was, like, really funny. But uh, okay. this woman's probably, like, 89 years old. Um, so she loves those jokes because she's never heard them before. Oh, never. Never once in her life. Excellent, excellent. Um, still drives, goes to Chestnut Hill every day, um, which is where I went to college, um, where the musical's at. And she approached Jess and I after rehearsal yesterday and was like, I have two tickets to an opera. Quick aside, I have noticed... It is. You mentioned that uh, Doris the Explorer still drives at 89. I have found in my travels and in my experience as an extremely... It's been a while since we've revisited this bit. But as an extremely aged man myself, that uh, being more engaged and being more active helps you to stay active and engaged longer. I would I think find so. Well, yeah, the second people stop, yeah, yeah, that's when they like it. it, They like almost fall off a cliff because they've got like nothing to do. Yeah, I find that the people who live to be a hundred plus are the, which is a fantastic drink, by the way. um, If you have not had it before, very, very good. Um, It's a lot better than its competitor in the Southeast Asian market, uh, Pokari Sweat. I don't even know what either of those are. They're, they're deep cut beverages to very niche markets, specifically in Southeast Asia. Interesting. Uh, but I'm sure somebody out there listening in our worldwide web, uh, as thin a web as it is, uh, are in our worldwide listenership. Uh, but I, I, I find that the people who are like in their 90s and 100s are typically like, it's like a bunch of farmers or whatever that like eat bacon and eggs and drink a Dr. Pepper every day, but like right, are just right. at their freaking grind, um, which is interesting. I think it's interesting. Yeah. Um, 
But anyway, I don't want to take too much away from that. But I was just like, you, you were commenting about somebody. No, 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 no. I, I, and I'm like, that's probably why. Yeah, I've noticed she's the same teaching. Thing. All no, these like she's she's a champion. Yeah. But like, yeah, she she's a character for sure. Um, Fun fact, actually, Audrey saw somebody in her like 70s or 80s, um, who's still like very engaged and working at the hospital, and that's what made uh, her decide that she doesn't want to retire. Really? Uh, yeah, Audrey does not want to retire. She just wants to keep at it. Um, I wonder how long that'll remain. I don't. I don't know. Um, I mean, if she gets, if she gets to where she wants, I mean, she wants to be like big. Like she wants to be like a CNO of a big hospital. Yeah, I mean, at that point, you are probably in your your sixties, seventy years, you know, years of age. I mean, yeah, at least at least you know, forties and fifties or something sure, like that. Sure, sure. But then, but then, like that's a pretty cush gig, and you can lead for a long time. Like, I, right. I actually just went to this to this uh, bit uh, about somebody who did very much the same thing. Who spent their entire life like promoting other people and like encouraging growth in other people and stuff like that. Right. Um, anyway, we're we're way far away from what you wanted to talk about, but. Tell us, tell us about Doris. Um, so Doris, yeah. So she also another quick aside. If you hear any noises, my cat Jughead Vegeta Jones has been a fucking asshole for the past three days, and I don't know is that why. A, is that a Rashida Jones reference? No, Vegeta. Like, uh, no, I, I know, I know. Like you said, Jughead Vegeta Jones. But well, then no. I was like, okay, where does the Jones come from? So Jughead Jones is Riverdale. Like that, his name is Jughead Jones. Okay, but okay. his middle name is Vegeta. He's a fucking His middle asshole. name is Vegeta after the Saiyan Prince. After Naturally. the arrogant, uh, pretentious Saiyan Prince. Which, like, fits him perfectly. Yeah, whose pride is everything. We've, in a similar... I know that we're just rabbit we're, hole we're central. Ra- yeah, falling off a cliff. But here. we have we have renamed uh, Finn and Jake, um, Beerus and Majin Buu, respectively. Ah. Because that pretty much perfectly encapsulates their personalities <laughs> as well. The god of destruction and the, a freaking fat glutton um, <laughs> who's innocent and charming in a weird way. But anyway, since I, I didn't know that Jughead's last name was Jones, I didn't know he had a last name because he's a comic book character. Yeah. And, yeah. No comic well, book character before him. Has ever had a last name? He's the first. That's one. true. That's, That's true. true. That's a fact. You can, uh, my you can my two favorite it. comic book characters, Clark and Bruce, don't have <laughs> don't any. Don't have uh, any last names. Don't have any last names. Neither does my other one of my other favorites, Peter, or uh, you know the other one. Now, one of them, Logan, actually doesn't have a last name. No, he's like until they, ret- until they retconned that garbage, later, yeah. which I don't believe in. <laughs> but anyway, I thought since Vegeta Jones sounded kind of like Rashida Jones, I was like, I wonder if that's like an obscure homophonic uh reference no no no, but, no. i mean she's I'm great and you, all but maybe i'm giving you too much credit <laughs> <laughs> gee thanks uh, i mean that's that's like a weird thing that just struck me and so i, I don't know maybe maybe it's not that i'm giving you too much credit maybe that's i'm overthinking it which is exactly <laughs> what happens and all the time so anyway, you you went to this uh, you went to this play. So yeah, so well, take three. Well, no. So she tells us I have two tickets to an opera, and I'll, I, this is all I know at this point. I'm like, yeah. okay, um, where is it? She and she starts explaining it. She originally she started explaining it to Jess, and Jess keeps going. So it's like a fathom event. Which, if you're not familiar with what a fathom event is, yeah, it's like a timed. They'll do it like one night. Are you kidding me, cat? It's like a one. Um, night event where they'll show um, something. So, like, 
typically when like a new like, like animated an DC movie comes out, or um, when like, like we saw like uh, the Sword Art Online movie that was a, a Fathom event, um, but the Metropolitan um, Theater puts on Fathom events as well of different operas that they do. So mm-hmm. finally, we got it out of her that like that's what this was. And she's like, yeah, it's for tomorrow night. And I'm like, uh, we record on Wednesdays. So call Brian up. Says it's cool. <clears throat> I go to this thing. This woman paid for the tickets herself. So, like, she just was like, listen, I'm going to go. But, like, I'm also going to roll squad deep with a bunch of students. Because, like, why not? And I was planning on getting at least one large beverage of the alcoholic kind. Of the alcoholic persuasion? Yeah. <laughs> and we literally, like, walk in. Oh, hi, Doris. How are you? And, and like, very sweet old woman. Um, walk in, and I walk through the threshold, and the bar's closed. And I was like, oh, no. And I looked online. This is, like, a three-hour and 20-minute thing. Oh, God. So, and it's an Italian. So you were planning on, you were planning on being, like, buzzed throughout just to enhance A little bit. Yeah, just to be like, all right, you know, like, maybe crack some jokes every now and then. but Which, like, we yeah. did, but um, not that you need to have beer to have a good time. It was just, like, it would be a fun way to do it. Um, so we get into the theater, and <laughs> she goes, oh, I, I made little goodie bags for all of you. And I was like, what? And here she had, like, snuck in little Ziploc bags of, like, pretzels and a Nature Valley bar and some Dove chocolate. And I was like, this woman, like, this might be better than a beer right now because this is the nicest thing somebody's done for me in a while. (laughs) That's true. And not only that, uh, but I had expected you to say that she had given you little, like, of those... Uh, hotel like bottles of of like <laughs> Hennessy or something. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. She had prepared. She had like freaking hip flask gift bags for all of you. God, that would have been amazing. Just so you know, we like to get loaded at the opera. <laughs> <laughs> or like it was gonna be some edibles or something. Yeah, yeah. Oh my some god. Some sort of freaking hashish or whatever. <laughs> I don't know what the kids are up to these days. I have no idea what. Last thing I heard, it was Tide works. Pods and manufacturing slime. <laughs> I can't relate to these kids. I used to play with Legos. Yeah, but now they're on to gun reform. So, like, at least it, there's an improvement there. Kids are so weird. They're eating Tide Pods and reforming the way that our, that our legal In a matter of three months, that is where we're at in 2018. They grow up months. so fast. Yeah. <laughs> Crazy. So, this uh, this opera was called, it's uh, La Boheme. It was written in, like, the 1800s. It definitely qualifies as nerd culture. Oh, this is like sure. This is this is the deepest nerd, like music nerd cut that I've gone in a while. Um, And what it actually is is a freaking cat in the hat in Susical. Yeah, I mean that's (laughs) God. I am so cool. Yep, (laughs) you're just a real cool dude. (laughs) So uh, the the musical is actually based off of well. Rent was based off of it. So, like, there. if you're familiar with Rent... Um, the immensely the Broadway popular show. Broadway yeah, uh, like musical. One of the most that, popular ones that have ever come out. That I've literally never seen in my life. It's about a... You would love it, honestly. I was th- I was listening to it in the car and actually thinking of you, like, specifically being like, I, I think you would really like the music in it. Really? Um, I mean, it's a rock opera. 
Oh, but speaking of, I didn't even think about this. I did, I do have a soft spot for one particular musical creation. Hmm. Have you ever seen the show Smash? No. Okay, there is some incredible music in that show. It was the, oh wait, the, the show TV show canceled. with yes. um. Yeah, I yes. saw some of that. I didn't watch the whole thing, but there is there is um. Heart shaped something is the name of one of the songs. It is one of the songs that Audrey and I will sing together in the car, and it is amazing. Um, I mean, it's one of my favorite songs ever. It's not heart shaped box from Nirvana, right? No, 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 no. Okay, okay, good. Because uh, then I'd be worried. That's a sad one. I think it, it, it's one of the one of the key phrases in the song is "Let the broken pieces go." I think. Isn't that show all original music? Yes. Yeah. It's fantastic. I should really go back and watch that. You really should because it's the show is whatever it is, but the music is amazing. Yeah, yeah. Um, I didn't care anything about it, but I I, I overheard uh, one of the songs and I was completely taken with it uh, when Audrey was watching it. And so I was like, what is that song? And then we like she played it a bunch as the show was going on and then it got canceled, which sucked um, because I was like, oh, I'm you know, more of that music would be great. Yeah. Um, but I, over the, the number of times that she had listened to it as we were driving around in the car, I learned the male part and it's a, it's a, it's a duet and it's just, it's got some of the sickest harmonies and I'm a (laughs) sucker for harmonies. Let me tell you. Yeah. I need you to, I need you to watch rent after, especially after watching this thing. Like I was singing rent in the car on the way home, obviously. Um, and, like there's how, so many. How derivative is Rent of it? Is it so, just the plot, or are there some songs that are the same? No, the songs similar? aren't. So the songs are not the same. It's more like the the basic plot elements um, and the characters um, are the same. But like Rent, okay. This is set in an 1800s um, Bohemian so it, France. And so then, is Rent like a modern adaptation? Yeah, Rent's a modern adaptation. Like okay. 19, I think it was written in 1992, something like that. Okay. Um, and. It takes place in New York City, um, but like in the and I'm, I'm I'm gonna get this wrong. I mean, one of the characters is Mimi in both of them. Um, okay. Who, if you've seen the movie Rosario Dawson, that's that character. Um, oh. But there's um. I like her. She's great in Daredevil. Oh yeah yeah yeah. Here, let me see. Lapo M characters. And she um, keeps showing up inexplicably in all the other Marvel TV shows. Yeah. So there's um, like Rodolfo is Roger in Rent. Um, okay. And then like so like they they're all French names in La Boheme, but then they're like Americanized in hmm. um, in Rent. Um, but like they're much more fleshed out in Rent because like have you ever seen like an opera like start to finish all the way through ever? Yes. So the whole thing with it, I saw one and I'm. I'm good, I think. Forever. Well, here, yeah, and like here's the thing, like I can appreciate like and the I feel like the reason an opera exists is like so that a singer can like really feel it and everyone else can just appreciate it. Um but yeah. like from a storytelling perspective, um not the most efficient way to do things. No, and honestly, it's because the lines and like they're beautifully written, obviously, but like the lines in them are so long that like they could say a sentence that like i'm i am starting a sentence i'm completed i've completed talking or i've finished talking like 
That yeah. could be a line in an opera. That could take like two minutes to sing because they were like repeating it over and over again or yeah. they're trading it back and forth. Um, and it's just, whereas like now... Were they singing in French? Uh, Italian. Okay. Which, unless I'm very much mistaken, you don't speak Italian. I do not. They have subtitles at the bottom. And okay. you could tell there was definitely some parts that were lost throughout the whole process. See, that that's good because in the uh, opera that I went to, they did not have subtitles. I don't think I could do that. I think I would leave. And like it, it if I wasn't with my entire family, I would have left. Like I could appreciate well, it for what I, it is. I, I wouldn't and, have left because I wanted to see the thing through and be like, okay, I've been to an opera now. Yeah. At the very but least, I was just like I don't I would have to read like a synopsis of like what that opera is before going and seeing it because otherwise I would I would get frustrated because I would have no idea what it's about. Yeah. They had they had like I think they had some words in the like the pamphlet that they give you at the door. Right. Or like the, uh, the I forget what they're called. They have like a... Like the playbill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like they have words and stuff in there, but it was like I couldn't follow along with it. And once I lost track of, like I wasn't really paying attention at first. And then I was like, okay, well, let me figure out what's actually going on. By then I was like, I don't even know what song this is. Like what number of song is this? Well, there was one point. So the, the opera's four acts. And... Uh, I was sitting next to my buddy Brian, who's playing Horton in uh, Susical, and all of did a sudden, did he hear anyone? What's that? Oh, he did. He definitely heard it. But uh, the Horton hears it. Who is the joke? Um, the curtain closed at one point, and then it was intermission. Like they actually did intermission, like in the theater. Yeah. And he's sitting there, and he's like, "When did Act Two start? Like, w- when did that happen?" And I'm like. That was when, and I had to explain it to him. Oh, I didn't even realize that. Like, it, the transitions were kind of odd in the way that they. Had when shot one it. of the people took a breath, that was when that was yeah. the act break. Yeah. Well, it was like they were in the their apartment, and then all of a sudden they were outside, and like that was Act One to Act Two. But like, okay. you just kind of figured it was a set change, and that was it. Okay. Um, which was kind of interesting. But like, I was thinking about it. Because that's how they do plays. Well, yeah, yeah. Um, so. but I was also thinking about it like as it was happening. Um, I feel like operas, like, just, and they still write new operas. Like, there was one they were talking about where they, um, in between acts, um, it's about Coney Island that's coming out, um, which it looked really interesting, but I don't think I'll ever see it. Um, I just, like, I feel like our generation, part of the reason we don't, most people don't watch them is because our attention span is so short, and there were so many moments where, like, I know the story of, I was in Rent, like, I know the story of it. Um, and I was just sitting there like, all right, let's, let's get this moving. Like, let's keep this going. And there's a lot in rent that does not exist in this because the phrasing is just so long and yet it's like twice as long or no, it's probably an, an extra hour, um, added on top of what rent is. But like, there's not a lot of meat on that bone. It's more just like, look at how well these people can sing. So you think you think the play is better than the opera? Personally, I enjoy the play more um, musically. Not, not not La Boheme to Rent, but just like the idea of it, the execution of it. You feel like a musical play is now, better than an opera. I think now it is, yeah. Um, just because we're so used to... I don't know, everybody's attention span is so much shorter now than it was in 1896 when this was written, or 1895. 
when when this would have probably been one of the few um, production Think- style diversions. Like they would have had plays, and they would well, have sure. had you know things like that. But like an opera would have been not amidst options like okay, we can go to the theater and watch a play. We can go to the cinema and watch a movie. We can stay home and watch Netflix. We can, you know what I mean? Like, just... Right, it was like, do you want to go see a play or do you just want to... Hang work? out and talk. Like, hang out and talk. Like, I don't even know what or you do in 19... Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. there's not that much you can do compared to what you can do now. Um, at least I think. Um, but, like, that being said, I'm very glad I went. Um, and I think they even said it during, uh, like... Between acts, they would have, like, interviews with, like, the people in the musical, like, while they were doing set changes, which was pretty cool, because you got to see backstage. Yeah, um, that's really cool. Yeah, yeah. It's a good use of that time, so it's not wasted. Yeah, yeah. And the woman that, like, ran the whole thing, um, you know, did a really good job, but um, they... Shit, what was I going to say? I don't know. Oh, oh. But that being said, like, for a first opera for somebody to see, like, especially if you're familiar with Rent, it's definitely a good option. Because um, you have context for what's happening, like outside of just what's being presented to you. Hmm. You so you would least... say going into an opera with some prior knowledge would be a, of benefit. I definitely would. Like if I, especially if you were going to see a live performance, um, I would only because unless you speak the language, you're probably not going to have any idea what the hell's going on, or like somebody's going to die at the end, probably, and you're going to, uh, oh, okay. Like, I don't know why I cared about that person, but, like... Wait, wait. I thought he was with them. He wasn't, <laughs> yeah. he wasn't with them? That's what I mean. Like, <laughs> you could have that moment. I mean, you would hope that... And I think I would, like, that the character... Or that the actors are able to portray a certain feeling and mood throughout, you know, the whole production. But, um, you know, I mean, if, if that's lost on you, then you're kind of screwed. <laughs> yeah. But I'm glad I went for sure. I mean, it was really cool. Would you recommend it? Um, yeah. I mean, like if you're in if you're into music in general, like, um, and you're just trying to see what that's about, I think Lobo M is like a really good place to start. Um, hmm. But um, yeah, I mean, if you check out like the Fathom Events website, like they have, I think like four other um, uh, operas that they're doing like this season. So I think they do like a certain amount of your season, but it was interesting. We were definitely the youngest people there. <laughs> I, I mean, can tell you sense. that. <laughs> yeah. What? The kids these days don't appreciate Italian opera. <laughs> uh, speaking of music, I picked up the Kendrick Lamar Black Panther soundtrack. Oh, okay. I was like, where is this going? Uh, and let me just tell you, it's fucking great. All the stars is probably my favorite new song. <laughs> that is for those who, um, have seen black Panther, which with how highly we praised it last week, I don't know why. And, and how it's performing in the box office. Chances are most of you have seen it. If it's available in your area. Um, and, so, for those of you who have seen the movie but have not heard um, the soundtrack with music in and inspired by the Black Panther, uh, All the Stars is the song that starts playing when the credits start rolling. Yeah. Which I was immediately like, 
what is this song? Where is it? I need it now. And it's so good. I That whole album is great. It is, but that one song in particular is like once it go, once it kicks over to like the th- it's the second track on the album. Once it kicks over to the third track, I'm like, "No, we're going We should back. play that back. We're going back." Yeah. And when when I start it up and it starts playing the first song, I'm like, we're just going to go ahead and skip ahead to the second one. <laughs> so basically the second one, although it was, it was on, uh, it was, the whole album was on loop after, I don't know, it was like two days ago. I don't think that was after we, after I'd seen it for the second time, but some night we came back from, no, I know what it was. We went to eat at this place nearby that had amazing art. Uh, and it was funny because uh, Audrey and I had walked upstairs. It's a place called Urban Eats near us, uh, and it is like a store downstairs, and then you walk upstairs, and in the stairway, there are a lot of pieces of art with labels and things like that, uh, and then you go upstairs, and there's a restaurant, which has great food. We um, We talked about when I went to this thing called Burger Bash in Houston, which is where a lot of local burger joints um get together and it it was part of like the houstonia magazine event or something like that they had musical acts and stuff like that they had a bunch of lotteries and raffles and stuff like that but the big draw is there are 11 to 12 different burger joints that bring like little tiny things and you pay for your ticket to get in it's like 40 bucks and then you can just eat whatever you want um so we ate 11 to 12 burgers. Oh my um, god. We did well, we didn't eat Wait, between the whole, how many people? What what do you mean? It was just you and Audrey ate 11 burgers? It was me and Audrey. I ate one of every I didn't eat all of them, but like they had little sliders uh, oh, style okay. things. I'm thinking you're eating like a full fucking burger. No, I was no, like no, you're no, a no. disgusting person. No. And I feel bad they, for knowing you. They had slider versions all but Two of the restaurants had slider versions of their burgers. Two of them actually had the full-size burgers. Mm. Um, But I tried at least half of every one of the burgers from every one of the places. And I liked a lot of them. And I discovered some new places. Urban Eats was one of them. They came with something called the Mob Boss, which is a slider meatball sub uh, style burger. And it was unreal. So we went... So we went back and they also have like a like a chicken fried chicken slider with like sweet pickles and uh, butter lettuce and like a, a aioli sauce, stuff like that on it. Um, I actually got the 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 cowboy, which is like their um, their like bacon cheeseburger type thing. Um, but anyway, they have a lot of crazy stuff there. That's it's all really really good. Audrey got a salad that had like three freaking giant fillets of chicken fried chicken on it amazing she said it's the best salad she's ever had in her life uh i'm inclined to not agree but i i definitely understand it's really good yeah you were also able to order like all sorts of weird stuff like she got like um like grilled brussels sprouts added to it just like she just asked for that and they're like sure yeah we'll do that no problem wow and then we started wandering uh, around because the other part of this restaurant is it's an art gallery. Oh, wow. And so they had like these really cool pieces. And apparently every like month or two, they change artists. Um, 
So like it's just this constantly evolving restaurant with all this crazy art in it. Well, we were walking around the top of it, uh, and I was very eyes up front following um, the waitress. And so I didn't really look at any of the art pieces, um, except for the ones that like directly hit my line of sight. So when we sat down at the table, Audrey was like, did you see that art piece by the door? And I was like, no, no. Like, do I need to go see it? And she's like, well, uh, it had some naked people in it. And uh, it was a couple of ladies and they were feeling each other's bottoms. And I was like, hold on, I'm going to go back. And she's like, don't like be obvious. I'm like, it's, it's, it's art. I'm going to go appreciate the art. (laughs) And so I went and, and, and I looked and uh, sure enough, uh, one naked painted lady facing the viewer and full frontal away. Yes. Oh, wow. Um, painted a family restaurant in this restaurant. It's it's a restaurant. I don't know. Interesting. But here's the thing. I looked down at the artist and the title of it, uh, and it said, uh, Love is Love dash ladies. And I was like, huh, I wonder. And I looked to the right, and sure enough, there was another one. And I walked over, and uh, and I, I, I eventually went back to the table and said, Audrey, that was not... That was not an art piece. That was part of a series. And as I walked around the whole uh, the whole restaurant, there was another one where it was love is love hetero, and it was a guy and a girl getting after it. And then there was another one that was love is love gentlemen. Wow, uh, interesting. And then there were some, and I was like, and they're they're right above the tables where people would be seated. Um. And I'm like, gum, dude, this is a bold move. Wow. And then there was another, there was another set of, of art that was, I think, even... I like the, the idea That's of this liberal art. pretty like liberal for Houston. It's very interesting. Well, I mean, Houston is blue. Um, I just, I don't know. I just assume the entire South is all red. <laughs> the major metropolitan areas are blue. Well, that makes because sense. Because anytime you get a bunch of people in close and they actually get to know each other, they realize, hey, we're pretty much all the this same we want all the same stuff and it's fine uh, and they you know it's it's come at me on twitter at ribnax if you disagree but that i mean that is the way that it breaks down like california is is more red than blue but it always goes blue because all of the res, all of the big metropolitan areas are blue but anyway right and those are the big voting blocks and all that sort of stuff however uh, there were there were two other paintings that I liked. One of them was it was just a guy from about the navel down, uh, and his zipper was unzipped, and out of the zipper was the head of a rooster. And I thought this is the most genius painting I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> uh, there was a lot of other stuff like that, but it was a, it ended up being a great place. So it's definitely um, a place that we're going to go back to. We actually ate there last night. Audrey was back there tonight with one of her mentees um man so you've been there three times or at least you or audrey has given them money three times in the past week uh two times two Two times times. okay because we went for the first time last night oh oh okay and then i i guess they get a cut of burger bash so technically we we patronized them three times but anyway Mm. i thought that was pretty good 
Uh, earlier today, I called you, and you didn't answer. I didn't. Uh, and then you, and then I decided against calling you back, and you called me. Uh, and I said, and then like a right asshole, you said, "Oh, I was hoping you wouldn't call me back because I wanted to surprise you." <laughs> and then I said, "And you're not going to tell me whatever this is." And then you said, no, I'm not. And I said, and I well, said no, that's, because that's just not nice. Because yeah, while driving, I ran some errands today. I went to Best Buy and uh, and picked up some headphones. Um, I picked up Audio Technica, whatever, blah, 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 wireless Bluetooth ones that were like 150. I'm returning them because they I was going to say, you got didn't, wireless? You, we they did you not, said you didn't want to do that. But here's the thing. As advertised, they also have a cable. And I was under the impression that it would work. On the cable, when it was out of power, that is not the case. So I'm returning them. That's dumb. It was the guy, the the guy that I was talking to said that you can use some of these as wired, and I guess I just kind of assumed that they'd be usable and would be powered through the cable if I used the wired. That's not the case. What kind of shapes so the packaging go back. in? What's that? What kind of shapes the packaging in? Excellent. Oh, okay. I didn't know if you like ripped it apart and we were like, no, oh. I don't. I don't do that sort of thing. Okay. In especially when I'm not sure that I'm going to keep it. Yeah. So I'm I'm probably just going to end up getting the one that you recommended to me, which are the ones that you're using at this very moment. I'm literally wearing them. However, what I was calling you about is as I was on my way to get my hair cut and then go get these headphones, I saw a man walking down the street with no shirt on. Okay. On the streets of Houston. And he had... What I can only describe as the perfect tattoo. I have never seen its like, and it is absolutely flawless. <laughs> the man had right square. Is this going to inspire in the, me? In the right square in the middle of his chest, he had a heartless tattoo. Wow. And I freaked out. Because he, it just, it was the freaking, it was the heart down there yeah. with the symbol and then with the freaking X across Did it. you like approach this heartless. guy? Because I feel like that's something that you would do in that situation. I would have, but I was driving and he was walking uh, down the street okay. in the opposite direction. But I saw that and I was like, oh my God, that is perfect. <laughs> I'm, I could never do that. I would never do that. But the fact that someone out there in this world has a tattoo that makes it look like they are heartless makes me very happy i should have expected it well you should a you should have expected it and it's a little depressing what? in a sense oh, well i mean okay oh how sweet somebody has a heartless tattoo that they are heartless but that's i i get it but like if you were gonna get <laughs> if you were gonna get a tattoo from kingdom hearts there are only two that you could get you could get the crown uh, right or you could get the heartless tattoo. I mean, that's those are everything really else. Out. Everything else is taboo. In what all you, of Kingdom what, Hearts, what are you? What are you going to do? You're going to get a character tattooed on you? Come on. Maybe I don't know. You can get a keyblade. You're going to get big shoed Sora on you. You're going to get a uh, just a bunch of belts just looped just together. Of, <laughs> well, see, then they're going to think that you're gone for Lulu for Final Fantasy X. That is true. You get a bunch of. Also, that's what is what is that? Is that like the people who get makeup tattooed on them? You get all you get just a five belts tattooed around your waist, and then you just never have to wear them again. 
You never have to wear belts. Yeah. Your pants are just falling off, and you're like, I'm wearing all the belts. I never understood the eyebrow tattoo. That was one that eyebrow and uh, I don't know how people get eyeliner tattoos. Like, I won't even put contacts in. I don't like people get eyeliner tattoos. Like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> I, I can't deal with that. I mean, it's definitely crazy, Ugh. but that's better than the people who get tattoos on their eyes. Have that's what I mean. This? Yeah, that's. That's different. That's I don't, different. I, oh no, I the the lip liner tattoo always just that always looks so bad. It all of it looks bad. Yeah. Um. But Oddly anyway. enough, I'm very good at putting my own eyeliner on at this point in my life. I I imagine yeah. you seem like that sort of a boy. Yep. B O I. Uh, what shall we talk about next? Um. Before we totally hop off of music, yesterday, one of my favorite bands of all time at this point in my life, Lake Street Dive released a new single. I was about to say, <laughs> I was about to say, Incubus. No, no. No, their album came out last year. No, Lake Street Dive came out with a new single called Good Kisser. And God damn it, Brian, they're coming to Philly on my dad's birthday. And I can't oh. wait. Does he like them? Um, I think I've tried to get him to listen to them a few times. I don't know if he actually has or if he's like paid so attention enough. But so basically, what you're gonna because he is not a fan of them, you're gonna have to try to figure a way to finagle your way out of his birthday celebration to go. Oh to no, show. I have no problem. And like, if you're listening to this, like, love you, but this is what's gonna happen. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna try. We know he is listening. He usually so, listens to every episode. Um, Try and get him to listen to this band and hopefully fall in love with them. Here's the problem with Bill Shriver. It's a problem I see myself having many years down the road. I kind of have it now, but depends on the uh, the circumstances. Bill Shriver does not like crowds. Doesn't like people, really, but definitely doesn't like crowds. Like, you put Bill Shriver in a Phillies game, you're going to have a bad time. <laughs> like, the seats are small. There's people everywhere. So Some are drunk, there's kids there, like... So basically, in public, your dad is always French frying when he should pizza. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> no, he just, you know, he just likes to stay at home. And, like, I've tried sure, to get Sure, I them. mean, I relate. Sure. I relate. I'm always home, and when I have an option to go out, I'm like, eh, I'm having a good time here. Yeah, this is fine. <laughs> Which, like, that's cool. Um, they went to, they did go to an Adele concert. And I'm a uh, freaking extrovert, last so... Last year. Yeah. That should tell you something. Yeah. But I mean, no, but I get it. Like, there are certain concerts I've been to that, like, when I saw Bruce Springsteen, there was a guy behind me, like, just You saw the boss? I saw the boss in Hershey, Pennsylvania, and he just kept, like, hitting me, like, trying to, like, move forward, and I was like, there's nowhere else to go. This is a bar here. We're at the front. Like, I need you to relax. Um, Hmm. And I was ready to, like, snap at this guy. Um, Because some people just said, yeah, this guy, my dad. No, that was with... uh, Kyle Peters and his dad. Um, mm. But yeah, so Lake Street Dive, um, they have a live version of that song on YouTube. And then the um, the track is on Spotify and other streaming things. Um, full album drops May 4th, but I'm very excited. Oh, May the 4th be with you. Very excited. Oh, yeah. <sighs> Did you happen to see the picture I put on Facebook earlier this morning? No. Okay. So here's what we're going to do. Probably not. I'm going to send you this picture now okay. via Twitter <clears throat> messenger. Okay. Um, 
I'm going to tweet this out when the episode goes up. So if you're listening to this, try and look for it on Twitter. But Greg Hall of We Podcast and We Know Things sent me this. I saw it this oh, morning. Oh, is this, is this the old guy? Yeah. This is, I did see this. This is a photo that is not me. But I'm convinced that this is me from the future and he like exists today. And I, what I'm actually thinking of doing is dressing in an outfit almost identical to that. Going to a stadium somewhere and like sitting on bleachers, getting a, a picture posed exactly like that, and then putting it on Reddit and being like, somebody help me find this person because I look exactly like a young version of him. It's like scary. I mean, I yeah, bet you we could find him. I, we probably could, yeah. Like the internet's a pretty big place. The internet is a we fantastic place. Uh, there's nothing ever wrong with it. I don't know. Like, I, I don't know if there was ever anything so perfect and wonderful and just full of innocent charm and wonder <laughs> as the internet. It was one of the, like, he sent it to me and I out loud was just like, oh my God. I put it on Instagram and my brother, both my brothers were like, yo, we found your real dad. Like, you're definitely not related to us. And my mom even commented and was like, oh my God, like that actually looks like you. Like if my own mother <laughs> I thought you were going to say your mom was like, oh my God, that's <laughs> Oh my fun. God, it's him. <laughs> I never thought he'd show back up again. Yeah. He's but, a charmer. Uh, yeah. But no, I, 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 I'm, I feel like I have to find this guy because this totally blew my mind. Like, I found people that like look like me a little bit. This guy looks exactly like me. It's funny that you should say that. I don't think he looks exactly like you. I think he looks like what you would look like in about 30 years. In That's what I mean. In 30 years, if you let yourself go. No, I feel like if I if I continue to work a data center job and like sit in a basement for the next 30 years and just like don't work out, that's what I'm going to look like maybe. But he also could be like really buff. You can't tell the way he's sitting. Like maybe that's like my final form. That beard's pretty sick. That's you evolving into your he th- he's the third guy- evolution. <laughs> He's the Ron Swanson of tech geeks. (laughs) So, yeah, if you... I'm going to put this on Twitter with the episode link. Um, You got to see this picture of this guy. It's it's bizarre. You got to put it right next to a picture of you. Oh, that's what I mean. I need to... I want to take that picture in, in jeans, a black shirt, and a black jacket. And that's the same Fitbit that I have. Like, I have the exact same one. I, I Proof that he's... This is this is a freaking Trunks, future Trunks type situation. It seriously is. Like, I, I gotta find him. Wild shit. It's pretty good. Yeah. It's pretty good. So that was your... That was your... That was our doppelganger That was our doppelganger discussion, discussion for, yes. For this week. Have you ever found, like, somebody that looks like you? Yeah, actually, somebody sent me uh, something. It was a picture of this British guy. Um, that they had met somewhere and they took a picture of him and his girlfriend. Um, that was back when I had long hair. Um, I didn't think he looked a ton. Like he didn't, he definitely did not look exactly like me. Um, from a distance, I could definitely see where people were coming from. 
Like if you saw this guy walking down the street, you might think that it was me. However, I've been told that I have a very distinctive walk. Mm. Um, and so people actually, Audrey has resorted whenever she's trying to find me in a public place. She doesn't ask, have you seen a blonde guy about this tall? She specifically asks, have you seen somebody who walks like this? <laughs> and they're like, oh yeah, just over there. I get, do you, have you seen somebody that bounces when they walk? And then I mean, if I'm, do, if I'm yeah, on a mission, too. like if I'm going into a store and I like know what I have to get, I like, I like, I walk in a perfectly perpendicular line. Like my posture is like exact and I just fucking beeline it to whatever my destination is. If it's like toilet paper, I know where that shit is. I go like, and yeah. you can spot me so quickly with purpose. That's right. I mean, that's good. Yeah. I think. Although today I've been walking like I had a stick up my ass because I did that, the adductor. Because you did have a because I did. I did that because I did that that one um, trust exercise where you let somebody shove a stick up your ass. <laughs> That's a thing, right? How far? How far are they gonna let you go? Yeah, my doctor tried to do that with me. That's normal, right? That's your <laughs> annual checkup stuff. Yeah, right. What is that gallbladder? Right. That's what he's checking yeah. for, right? Yeah, Something yeah. Like that. They're checking to make sure you still got it. <laughs> Ship shape. I've still got it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I did the the adductor at the gym. It's where you close your legs, where there's like weight on it. Put like 150 pounds on that thing. Oh, it's the thigh master. Pretty yeah, that's basically what it is. And oh yeah. my god, Brian, all day I've been I've been such a whiny bitch all day. Yeah. Yeah. Are you trying to get those freaking Goku muscles? I want to be able to crush. Krillin's skull between my thighs like a fucking nutcracker. Like just his little noggin like a chestnut just pop that open. I don't know if this is some sort of a violent sexual fantasy or if you just no, want to power Krillin. trip. It's a power trip for sure. Okay. Okay. Because okay. Goku like I, mean, I haven't even seen Super and I just saying Saga I just finished watching that like I don't think I can handle that yet. Krillin I can fuck with Krillin. He he is uh, Goku's a little puffy at the end of the Saiyan saga. A little bit. Um, he is cut up in Super. Yeah. Um, he and Vegeta both really trim down, uh, which actually puts them more in line with the manga, where they're all actually really pretty skinny. Mm. Um, which I actually I like more because it looks more realistic, whereas like. When, yeah, but the, at the end of the Vegeta or the Saiyan saga, when he's like freaking Kaioken times ten, oh my or, god, or whatever, like, and he's just like he's just a puffy. He looks like freaking Arnold Schwarzenegger on on steroids. Yeah, um, when he was freaking Mr. Olympic or whatever. Yeah, it Mr. doesn't. Olympian, Mr. I mean, great. I know this is a cartoon, but like, he, it doesn't look normal. No, like you, you think sure. you could just pop him with a pin and you would just explode? Yeah, which is kind of the yeah. point, but sure, yeah, but. I, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. And, uh, shall we start? Uh, I'll, well, I guess it, it is a pretty good segue into this. Um, speaking of Dragon Ball, I have been playing through hard mode on Dragon Ball Fighters and have been watching a lot more of Dragon Ball Z Kai. I'm almost done with it, actually. Um, that's crazy to me. The whole thing. Um, I'm on how many like episodes epi- is it? I'm on like episode. It's like it's. I think it's like 160 to 170 episodes. Okay. And I think I'm in like the last 15 episodes. Um, the reason I say I think is because 
they split off. So there is Dragon there's Dragon Ball Z Kai and there's Dragon Ball Z Kai the final chapters. Mm-hmm. And they they reset numbering during the final chapters. The final chapters is just I think the reason that they do this probably the reason that they separate them out is because there is a time jump in between um it, there's a 7 year time jump between Dragon Ball Z Kai and the final chapters during which um well, I'm not, I'm not going to say anything because whatever, but... So, I'm on episode 42 of Dragon Ball Z. Okay. There are 291 episodes of Dragon Ball Z. I freaking told you guys. What I you? learned is you were friggin' right about this intro and last time on Dragon Ball Z and end credits nonsense. This show is like 10 minutes an episode. Yep. Like, I, I could not believe... How short these are! Like I, I don't know how you. the I don't know how they get away with it. I told you, dude. I told you. Yeah, you totally did. So like we've been we've and been I starting to right. do that now. Hashtag and we're was blowing right. through these things. Oh yeah. Although every now and then we have to listen to the end credit song just because Jess and I like to sing it. I mean, sure. If you enjoy it, go for it. Frankly, I don't. Um, After a while, I, it, gets, it gets annoying. But yeah. After freaking a hundred and. 50 episodes but anyway so i'm approaching the end but one thing that i did not remember and and this is more of an issue um because i missed the beginning um because i was watching this on tv when i was a kid i missed a lot of episodes because it i wouldn't always get home in time to watch it right um or at night they would maybe switch arcs or something you know they didn't always play them all in order which i think is crazy um but so one thing that I have noticed um, specifically in the Android saga and then really badly uh, when Gohan goes to the planet of the Kais um, towards the end of Dragon Ball Z, there is a disturbing amount of sexual assault in Dragon Ball Z. Really? Um, yes. Specific, like we we've made jokes about Master Roshi. I actually saw some pretty heinous stuff um, with him in the Majin Buu saga, and also Elder Kai. Um, wow. Uh, so there are two, ca- and it's played off as like cute, harmless old man stuff, but like Master Roshi fully, fully gropes um, multiple times. In one sitting, um, Android 18 and Chi-Chi. And he's done it to Bulma, too. Uh, and I was like, this is not... This is not good. Like, yeah. This is full-on, like, sexual harassment or sexual assault. Yeah. And it's in a... It's in a... Like, a kid's action cartoon. Now, in Super, you said that they've, like... They've addressed this, but like he doesn't do that anymore, right? Uh, or does he? I, I don't think he has done it in Super. But um, but another thing is there's a deal that's made. Um, so Elder Kai um, basically reveals to Goku and Gohan that he has a secret technique that he can use to... Um, to unlock somebody's hidden potential. Uh, 
But Goku had just talked a bunch of smack about the world of the Kais. So he said, well, after what you just said, I'm not going to help you. And then Goku, who takes a hint because Elder Kai is an old man god, um, says, well, hey, what if I give what if I get you some dirty magazines? Taking, a, you know, taking a page from the book of Master Roshi and right. Krillin and all that sort of stuff. And the Elder Kai says, why would I need magazines with my god vision? I can look at anyone in the shower anywhere on any planet I want. And then Goku says, okay, how about if I let you grope someone or something like that? What the hell? Yes. And he says, basically, Elder Kai is like, what? Like, he's interested. Yeah. And then Goku proceeds to try to convince uh, his son to make a deal with this deity to grope either Gohan's girlfriend or... Balma or these other people who are totally not there, not there to make this to make this deal. And even if they were like, like, why would you? It's awful. Yeah. And they proceed to uh, Gohan is is like, we can't do that. They're not. And he, he kind of addresses like the things that I've said is like, they're not even here to say that this is OK. Right. And even so, like, isn't that sexual harassment or sexual assault? Like, he he says that. Yeah. And then he he kind of eases back and is like, well, I mean, it's not like we have much of a choice. Like, this dude's going to destroy the entire universe. Like, we need to do whatever we can. And I'm just like, I... Like, why is that necessary? Why is this in this show? Why yeah. does this need to exist? Um, what this I is find, just awful. What I find interesting about this is, and granted, like, this is a huge topic now like sure 2017 yes. has become a huge huge topic now that we're in 2018 and, and even 2018 the year that we're in yeah no <laughs> yeah exactly so what i find interesting about this though is that dragon ball z kai or dragon ball kai is a retelling of sorts or a revoing yeah. of dragon ball z that was done in 2007 I think, right? Yeah, so you can yeah, I mean, so I mean you, you can use the you can use the the argument that like this was originally written in like the 80s or whatever. But that that's doesn't not the point that I'm because making. it was included yeah. Well, yeah, so what I was what I, mean, I was still, saying was still, it was not okay there. No, it's not okay, period. Yeah. But what I'm saying is there are things that like the reason that we brought up the episodes earlier Dragon Ball Kai is much shorter than Dragon Ball Z because they cut out a lot of random things. Like, yeah, that is one thing that you c- could have redone or cut yeah, you out. Could have cut that completely. out completely. Like, you, you just figure it out. But like, I don't know how you do it. But like, I, I haven't even got to that point in the show. But and it doesn't. It doesn't. It's not. It's not acceptable. Honestly, frankly, I don't think now granted i i haven't finished it yet i don't think anything ever comes of it i don't think they actually ever do that right but the fact that but, it's even suggested is like yeah the fact that really, people have a longer than 10 second conversation about it it's a problem because like they talk they talk about this for like a minute and a half or two minutes right like they talk about it logistically they talk about like well you know blah blah blah, blah, blah xyz thing and i'm just like what this is making me deeply uncomfortable yeah and and we, I mean we've been talking for weeks, maybe maybe not months, but like 
a while about these shows and how much we enjoy them. Yeah. And it, it stinks. It's it's very much like when Audrey and I started reading through H.P. Lovecraft, and we're also reading through Mary Roberts Reinhardt uh, right now. We're reading, I think the story we're on now is like The Window and the White Cat. Um, but previously, I had read a lot of um, H.P. Lovecraft with Audrey, who is a massively influential horror writer. Um, I think I've talked about his stuff on the show before several times he yeah he he died of malnutrition because his stuff wasn't you know appreciated in his time um, and so he was freaking dirt poor all the time but now he influences everything from world of warcraft to freaking the call of cthulhu board games and like all sorts of stuff um and <clears throat> reading through what i consider to be one of his finest stories um the rats in the walls um and there's just out of nowhere, he's named his cat. The main character, the protagonist's cat's name is N-Word Man. Not the freaking, not N-Word. Well, yeah, it's man, the but actual. Like, yes, it's yeah. the actual, yeah. And those are the and kinds I'm of things like, that. And that's, the, that's literally the only thing in the entire story that's <laughs> racist. And I'm like. You could have named him Jack. <laughs> like, that doesn't need to be a thing. Yeah. Why is this here? And it, But it's there, also a there, product of that time. And, and there's evidence that although H.P. Lovecraft was kind of um, xenophobic um, in his life, he started to become more understanding and, and maybe learn a bit in his I, I, I hesitate to say older years because he only lived to be like 30-something. Right. Um, but like as his life progressed, he seemed to become less that way. And perhaps if he had been able to live longer, he would have kind of resolved those issues. But that just it, – it's – and Mary Roberts Reinhardt is the same way. You know, when discussing the servants, like there are a lot of of assumptions made about the faculties of people of different races – and it's really upsetting. And having those little flies in the ointment just wreck things for me. It's like finding out that your favorite band are raging assholes. <laughs> it's like that just completely wrecks the experience for me. Yeah. That's why like, I've never even – I've heard people say uh, how great Kanye West is. But my first uh, interaction with knowledge about him – was that freaking award show with Taylor Swift. Oh, yeah. And I'm just like, I could never listen to this dude. I don't care how good he is. Yeah. I'm not going to freaking patronize some asshole out there who's just being a dick to other people. And it's like, no matter how much better you think somebody is that didn't get an award, that doesn't give you the right to get up and in front of everybody call them out. Like, that's just a... That's a dick move, and don't do that. <laughs> and so, it it's to me, very upsetting to see something that I love as much as Dragon Ball have this sort of stuff in it. Um, and, you know, the same for H.P. Lovecraft, the same for Mary Roberts Reinhardt. Like, she writes great mysteries, and I'm really enjoying reading through them. And then you see these things, and it's just, it sucks. Um, so I just kind of wanted to have a little bit of a discussion about that, but... No, I mean, it's it's a terrible thing, and at least um, from what we at least can... Um, gather in the current state of Dragon Ball. Um, yeah. That is not a thing anymore, like, outside of the fact that it is brought up 
as like a remember that time like remember how bad that was yeah um but i don't i i would love to know culturally where that stands as far as like how is that received in japan um, I mean, the, 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 the dirty old man thing is well documented, not only in Japan, but in, I mean, all kinds of cultures. Well, sure. Um, and I that's, I, I, but that, that's I think not what I mean. Especially so, I think especially so that you mean, how is it received now? Like, the reason I say that is like, at least in, um, I can't believe I'm about to bring this up. Jess and I were recently, <laughs> we were recently watching the, uh, the Bachelor Winter Games that were on, okay. which are you familiar with this? No. Okay, so it was a small series of The Bachelor where they had people from... Winter games? Winter. Winter. winter sorry. Okay. Philly accent. What up? Um, no, it's fine. And but, so they had uh, different uh, people on the show, men and women, from all over the world. So you had people from Japan, China, United States, Sweden, Germany, whatever. And... They were talking to some of the people, the women from South Korea and China, and they were going on about, like, so they have the thing called Fantasy Suite, where, like, it's the only time that people can have, like, outside of being on camera. Um, and if you do that, it basically means, like, you're probably going to go up and have sex or whatever. Yeah. Um, but the whole concept of and the only angry, reason they don't film that is because they can't put that on TV. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but the whole concept in like Chinese culture, um, and Korean culture, from what I understand from that, um, and other things is that like getting the Chris, Chris Shriver, I'm a so, man who gained his cultural cachet from watching the bachelor. Also from watching several <laughs> Korean dramas with Jess, but I didn't want to go there. Um, <laughs> But they say, like, at the end of that show, like, they were like, or really during the show, they were like, I don't understand how people in American culture can just go up and start making out with somebody after they've only known them for a couple nights. Like, that is meant to be, like, a pretty sacred thing amongst, like, you know, if you're in a relationship with somebody, you, you wait a good amount of time until that part happens. And once that happens, like, you've hit a milestone in the relationship. Um, so yeah. I just find it interesting that in Dragon Ball, you've got Master Roshi going up to women, groping them. And like, it's like a, a staple in his character. It comes up time and time again with Launch, Bulma, like yeah. all these other female characters in the series. And for that to be a recurring theme across almost 300 episodes, um, it's pretty wild. Like, I just, I would love to know how that's received in and one of those cultures. And I'd be very, very interested to know, to me, there is a world of difference from uh, Master Roshi sitting at Kame House looking at dirty magazines uh, saying, oh, hey, let me uh, ask the dragon to grant my wish to hang out with a bunch of young co-eds. Like, right. that is very, very different from... Uh, groping and like mashing your face in well, someone's boobs yeah well not only that and being like the world's at stake and the only way to save it is for this guy to grope you like <laughs> yeah that's a, a like that's th- something those odds out of are like much a, different that's something out of like a freaking mad tv sketch yeah like it's i don't know i don't know i i 
having understood him as the dirty old man, but having that be just like, he's super lusty and that sort of thing. He likes looking at um, like Dragon Ball's version of Playboy or whatever. Like that's, that's fine. Whatever. Right. You know what I mean? Like that doesn't, that doesn't hurt anyone. That doesn't cause, that doesn't, that doesn't really cause any problems for me because like, I mean, no one is affected by that. It's just like, look at this dirty old man in the corner. What a creep. And you move exactly, on. exactly. What a creep! But then he starts acting out this sort of stuff. Anyway, yeah. I don't want to. I don't want to get too stuck on that. But, yeah. Um. But I. I thought that was something definitely worth bringing up because we. I mean, we've been singing the praises of Dragon Ball. I. I want to know that. I. I want to let people know that that is not without caveats. Yeah. I want to bring up one other thing about Dragon Ball, and then we can move on. Sure. Because we just watched this episode. I think Sunday night. Um. There's a point where. Is this the one on... you messaged me about? No. Well, it was okay. the episode after that. Okay. Um, there's a point where basically Bulma, Chris like sometimes live text like he like live tweets the the show, but just to me like he'll just text me <laughs> and I'll be like, oh my god, he just did that thing. Yeah. Oh my god, this character. So it's it's half the time. Good. Anytime Mr. Piccolo does anything, I'm like, wait, he, Mr. Piccolo is currently my phone background. You mean Mr. Popo or Mr. Popo? God damn it. The reason I say that is Mr. Piccolo All day yesterday We kept going In order to open the ship You had to say one word Piccolo And we just kept saying that over and over again Yeah And then in the credits for La Boheme There was a guy named something Piccolo And when it popped up I leaned over to my friend Brian And went Piccolo And he was like God damn it Because he's heard you say this all the time Yeah yeah Nice But anyway So Watching this episode Bulma and Gohan and Krillin are on the um, Namek ship. Piccolo's old ship. And yes. they're flying through space. But, well, I mean, really, Kami's old ship. Kami's old ship. And they reach a point where... Um, it gets complicated. Yeah, they <laughs> it's, get, not Sora, it's not Sora from Kingdom Hearts levels of complicated. No. It's, it's up it's there. A, yeah. So they they get, like, taken by this other ship, basically. And when they get out to, like, investigate... Gohan and Krillin are oh, holy in full, crap! Are that totally clothed. doesn't happen at all. Oh yeah, you can. I can tell this is all filler because I don't give a crap about what's happening. Like I do not have any drive to watch Dragon Ball Z right now because of what's happening or what's happened the last time I watched it. Dude, dude, switch to Kai. I, I can't. Have a, I have. A, I have a website that you can use. Yeah, but it, I'm watching it on the TV. I'm not watching it on the computer. I'm not Chromecasting it. It's a pain in the okay. ass. I'm not doing it. All right. All right. Um, I'm, I'm just. I know. Gonna, I'm not doing it. I'm not. You're doing gonna spend it. the next three years of your life watching Dragon Ball. It's fine. Which is, which is fine. But it's, it's just fine. like, I. You know, it sucks when you get into that position where you're just like, they got abducted. I need space what I need pirates. to do is find a uh, an episode guide that just like tells me what, that might work. Yeah. yeah. Um, I could hit up James for that. So anyway. So they, Except, they, you know what they would do is they would end with them being abducted at the very, very end of the episode when important stuff had happened before. And then it's like, okay, skip forward three episodes. That's true. Yeah. And then you'd be like, okay, so what happened? Yeah. <laughs> they got abducted and now they're just not. They're on the planet. It's, <laughs> it's fine. So they're getting off this spaceship and Krillin and Gohan are fully clothed. And the entire time prior to this, Bulma is in a gray top and bottoms, like almost like a bikini kind of thing. And they literally like make a point to be like, Bulma, why don't you have clothes? She's like, oh, shoot, I forgot to put a shirt on before I left the ship. And the, the door already closed. Oh, well. And then they just keep walking. And I'm like, all right, I guess Bulma's just in her underwear for the rest of this episode. And she totally was. Huh. 
Yeah. But anime things. The, 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 while I do think that is a fan servicey thing there, I think there is something for like the argument that liberated people can just be themselves and enjoy doing what they want to do. I mean, Bulma sure. Strikes, Bulma strikes me as the, as the type of character, granted she was created, yeah. But like, she strikes me as the kind of character who's just like, I like being fashionable. I like looking good. I know I look good. Whatever. Who cares? Yeah. But you know, whatever. That's a construct of, you know, Akira. So I mean, who who knows? Piccolo. Who knows? Piccolo. Let's talk about some other stuff. Brian, you know what I've been thinking about lately? What have you been thinking about? We so I'll preface this. We had a listener last week reach out to us. Ah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Via Twitter, Sid Savage on Twitter. Dope name. Dope name. Looks like he's drawing some chalk or something. I don't know what he's doing there in his Twitter picture. Anyway, um, but he said, hey, have you guys tried out the StarCraft co-op mode that's there? StarCraft 2 co-op mode that is available. Well, let's, let's give a little bit of background on his on his request because he did actually make an official request. Okay. Uh, a couple of episodes ago, I prompted uh, you wonderful listeners to go and leave us a review on popular uh, podcasting services where it is available. And if you did so and hit us up on Twitter, I would let you suggest a topic. And so Sid did very much that thing. He left us a review on iTunes um, and then he requested this topic. I just wanted to let let everyone know because there were some people who who uh, messaged me afterwards and were like, "I wish I would have known that was a thing. I would have." You that know, is a thing that always exists. Thing. It is still a thing. I want to be very clear. If you leave us a review and you can suggest a topic, um, so go leave us a review. Send me a link to it um, on Twitter at Ribbonax. Or at Shrives93 or at Platformers Pod. Uh, and let us know what you want us to check out, what you want us to talk about. And we will do it as we did this time. So please. so we did StarCraft 2 co-op. That was on Monday night. Brian and I played Which is, a little bit. I, I wondered going into this what this would actually be. It is a distinct, separate co-op mission mode for StarCraft 2. What I... What's funny though is like it is exactly what I thought it would be, which is good. Um, you know, like I I went into it thinking, so like I haven't played a lot of StarCraft two. Brian definitely played more than I have. I mean, um, I've completed all three games. I have not. I, I yeah. definitely have not. Yeah, Wings of Liberty, Heart of the Swarm, and Legacy of the Void. I yeah. played all. I played through all of them. I played a lot of StarCraft one growing up. I just never. I don't know. StarCraft 2 would never really grab me as much as I thought it would. Um, not to say it's a bad game, because we did I this think, co-op thing, yeah. and now it's like I keep thinking about it, and I'm like, God, I really wish I had like a half hour to kill where we could do this. That and half yeah. the time that happens, Brian and I end up playing fucking Hearthstone anyway. So, Not that that's bad. It's not a bad thing. I'm just saying. It's, you know. Um, but what did you think of it? So, to be clear, as I'm the one here with experience uh, with Starcraft 2, um, 
Starcraft 2 is great. And it is a sequence of missions where you control, you know, one of three different factions, either the, the Terrans, the Zerg, my preferred race, or the Protoss, um, through their respective campaigns. And there's a lot of, of variance in the mission types. There are some missions where you need to defend a base and just build up resources and stuff like that and just fend off wave after wave after wave of enemies um, where it becomes almost like a tower defense game where it's like you need to build up like bunkers and turrets and things like that um, to counter different types of enemies. There are types where you uh, or missions where you guide a small strike team through a mission and you have no reinforcements or you have limited and sporadic reinforcements uh, and things like that. And there are others, there are other missions where you have like very specific things. For example, there is a kind of right of ascension mission in legacy of the void where you have to uh, defend a protoss as they fight psionically with another one. And basically it's like a giant game of tug of war where you have to surround your, um, your kind of, avatar with your troops and then they gain psychic energy from them and then push forward against the other one and so basically it's like push you basically you you surround the person with your troops and then they whoever has you to push them back and then ends up pushing in in favor of of their direction or whatever right uh so what this ended up being this co-op mode were a bunch of discrete levels from the game at least that's what i gathered it being a couple of years since i'd uh, played StarCraft 2. I recalled these missions from the campaigns and they basically allow you and a friend to go in and control whoever you want. Um, so for example, I think the I think the first mission that we played, you played as the Terrans and I played as the Zerg. Yes. Um, but what they do is they give you different heroes and the different heroes allow you to produce certain types of, uh, of units and certain types of structures and things like that, and uh, they also may change your gameplay somewhat. So, for example, I started playing Abathur um, as my hero, um, and what happens is when you kill enemies, you can pick up, you can walk your units over their like uh, a drop that they have, which is biomass, and it will evolve them or make them stronger and things like that. So that adds a new wrinkle to like the gameplay. I ended up playing as Kerrigan later, and then you just get her unit after a while. It starts growing um, as you start the match, and then after like a couple of minutes, she hatches, and she can attack ground enemies, air enemies, all sorts of stuff. You get a very powerful, very versatile unit that you can just run around with. Was that... Um, no, no, that was the first one. I, I, I thought it was interesting, the one mission that we did where... And I don't know the names of the heroes, so I apologize. Um where you couldn't produce any um, units that could attack air uh, enemies, but I could. Yeah, that was when I picked Abathur, uh, and it basically the first enemy that you can create. I, As a player who has played Zerg and preferred them through all of the expansions, and even StarCraft 1, Zerg have always been the race that I love. Yeah. Um, Zerglings are a staple. They're a very cheap um, unit that you can create en masse, and you can just swarm people with a bunch, and then you start to reinforce them with Hydralisks, which can attack, you know, um, flying enemies and things like that. 
The problem is if you pick Abathur as your hero and don't actually read into what units you can create, um, you can kind of hamstring yourself a little bit because the first unit you can create as as Abathur is the Roach, which is a great uh, unit versus ground, but they're a little bit slow. They can't shoot air minions. And I also didn't have Hydralisks. So it's like I'm making these more expensive, good, but not great uh, answers to what's being thrown at me. And so when they started throwing, um, you know, flying units at me, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm totally boned. And we didn't really live long enough um, or survive long enough in this mission for me to kind of flesh it out and see what else I can make. Um, we ended up getting progressively better the more missions that we played. Uh, my hubris well, the first one we did caused us to fail the second mission. The first mission we did, we lost in about four seconds because we didn't realize that we had to fend off um, we had to keep uh, whoever the enemy was from pushing our person into a giant pit. Yeah, I thought we would have more time, and so I just kind of was like, okay, we need to... We'll, we'll like, let's gather resources, take our time a little bit. Let's gather resources, build an army, and then we'll push down and help out and stuff like that. And and it, it just before... So we, we didn't reinforce her at all, and then we just failed. Yeah. It was it was maybe like three minutes. Yeah, it was Or very something cool. like that. Yeah. Um, but by that time, I'd I'd only made like three or four units because I was I was thinking too much about the long game. I wasn't focused on the short game. Right. So it took a little while. We were a little rusty before I got back into it. The second game we did a lot better, but we played a mission where we had to defend a bunch of um, the bots, science science bots. Oh my god! And the most obnoxious NPC in any game I, ever. Like, we I swore, never wanted to quit a game so quickly. We swore up and down, like the 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 walls of my office are caked with the lingering profanities, cursing that annoying NPC. Oh my god! From it was that awful. night, we were <laughs> repeatedly, we were like, "I want to quit this just so you die." Like we just wanted this guy to just die, in and that was the thing. Whatever like, way, it, it got dra- dragged out for so long because we kept progressing, and I was actually getting to the point yeah. where I was like, "What if I just stopped playing?" Because I. I don't want to listen to this guy anymore. <laughs> and like, we just died and then we could do a different mission because at first we didn't realize you could select missions. Um, and yeah, we had it, random selected cause Brian was yeah. the party leader yeah. and I couldn't select any of that stuff. Um, one thing I do want to bring up before we keep going, I do have a tiny problem. Like I understand why they do it. Starcraft two came out when I was in high school. So I think it was 2011 maybe. Jeez. It, it was a while ago. Um, and they're still supporting it, which is great. And that being said, um, every hero is, or what is it, a pack of three heroes is five ninety nine or four ninety nine, something like that? I don't, It seemed to me they were five bucks a piece. Yeah. So up to level five, you can play for free, and then you have to pay for whatever person you want throughout the co-op experience. You have to pay for that, um, which I understand what they're doing. Um but it's, it's, it was kind of a bummer the, when I saw that. The main characters you can play for free up to level five. Right. And then you can't progress beyond that. Right. The problem with this is StarCraft II is now a free-to-play game, but there are those of us who paid $180 for, the expansions. for this game. Because, you know, it, it, maybe it was less than that. Maybe it was like 40 bucks for each of them, but still over $100. Like, because I bought each one of those expansions and I still don't have access to any of this stuff. Right. Which I thought that was kind of a cheap shot. 
spoiler alert, I'm not buying any of that. No. I mean, which is a shame because like I could see you and I that being a thing that you and I do for a while. Like I I could see that becoming another Hearthstone kind of another Hearthstone or Dragon Ball Fighters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I would totally do that again um, because I really did enjoy it um, and I want to get better at it. But um, I mean, I'm up for it. I just uh, I don't know. I, I just don't like the idea of like having to pay for each one. I know. Here's here's what we'll do. Here's what we'll do. Let's each pick one hero we like. Let's play it until we get to level five and see how we feel. Okay. And then if something needs to happen or if you... Because here's the thing. I don't even know what it gets you. It seemed like you, well, so you got unlock more, um, like more, more things that you could make and different things like that. Yeah, so like, it, it was like what, up to... What end? It was up to like level 30, I think it was. You got more units um, that you could unlock for that character. Um, and then beyond that, I think it goes up to level 80 or 90. Um, and at that point, you're just gaining experience. Um, and I think it's just like you can like manipulate like the stats of that character. Um, so I think I think it's like how quickly they gain resources or like how much damage they can put out, how much they can take, stuff like that. So it seems to what be I like, gathered from the video. Like we should play around with these heroes and then just pick one. Yeah. And be, because I'm definitely only going to pick a Zerg character, so I can automatically just write off the Protoss and Terran ones. Yeah. So there's there's a couple of, uh, a couple that I could use. Um, and then there's there's the ones that that are free to play at first, and then the ones you have to buy outright. So like for example, Dahaka, which is one of the Zerg um, uh, heroes, who actually is pretty good in in Heroes of the Storm. I actually uh, he's very interesting, um, but you you can't even play him at all without paying for him, which I think is kind of baloney. Yeah. But I like the idea of it. I've always liked the idea. Um, one of my buddies years and years and years ago i think around the time of like modern warfare one or modern warfare two he he would want me to come over and like play missions with him uh and stuff like that in call of duty and i would and i had no frame of reference for this because i'd never played a call of duty game before um but it was the idea of taking a single player game and being able to add a cooperative multiplayer element is always going to be appealing to me yeah same i mean in an online competitive starcraft 2 play is nothing new uh competitive starcraft play is nothing new it's still a huge thing my Um, problem is like even when i played especially when i played the first starcraft i love taking my time in starcraft and just like i want to build like a massive army and just like destroy my enemy like so hard but competitive you don't have time to do that like if there was one day marty who used to be on the podcast um he and i played one night and all of a sudden, he had, like, two bases and, like, like destroyed me in, a, in less than five minutes. And I had never that, my had friend, that happen. That, is called a fast expand. And I, I became... When I, when I did dabble in competitive online StarCraft II multiplayer, I learned about that. Like, I learned, here's what you do. You build... Uh, you build three drones, then you build an overseer, then you or an overlord, or overseer. I can't remember which one it is. Who cares? One of them is the upgraded version. One of them is not. I think it's overlord and then overseer. Uh, you build that, then you build three more drones, then you build your second hive, then you build this number of things at this unit 
uh, capacity, you start building Zerglings. And it's like there's a full-on build order for like this is how you do it, this is when you do it, this is how fast you do it. When you when you, if you also a game in actions per minute, like that's just like I want to take my time. I want to just build up. Um, I want to amass a horde of wealth, build up a freaking hundred unit army, and then just roll over them like so many locusts. All of that being said, if you've never watched competitive StarCraft, that, that is one of the few games I can sit down and watch and enjoy. Um, a game of competitive StarCraft because in StarCraft Two because the it is so methodical and like the the rate at which these guys can even click and do these keyboard commands is unbelievable it is it's crazy i i think the same thing is probably true um of different games like dota and and things like that oh, i don't absolutely. watch them yeah but the the things like that and and defense of the ancients specifically the the warcraft 3 mod and the warcraft 3 missions where you take control of a smaller number of heroes or just one i've always liked more because I I find it much easier to handle manipulating one character than many, mm-hmm. um, and there's a thing called micro, which is there, there's your macro, which is your big picture, like how are you doing your build order and stuff, and then there's your micro, uh, which is another way that they measure how good these StarCraft players are, and that is how good you are at handling all of your things like at once. How good are you at like? I'm going to send this number of people here, this number of people here. I'm going to change the way that they're moving. I'm going to manipulate where they're going and all that sort of stuff. And like just constantly adjusting, making these micro adjustments to where people are going, what they're doing, all this sort of stuff to like give them that edge. And it's nuts. It's crazy. Yeah. However, we don't really need to worry about that as long as you and I are together because we can just celebrate (laughs) our, our base building because we legit did that in like the last... Was that that was the last one? We we eventually uh, the third match that we played. We both had um, two bases. We went we went back to the first thing because I was like I feel like we can do better than losing in three minutes. Well, yeah, because we just didn't realize that that's how the and we ended went. up we ended up both maxing out on on troops. Like you after you have a certain number of resources, I think it's two hundred. They don't let you expand beyond that. Right, and so you can in the Zerg you can have like. 90 to 100 units or, or even more actually I think um, and and you can just roll over people it's just crazy uh, but that's that's what the swarm's all about that's what the zerg are all about so I, I feel like it's very thematically appropriate absolutely for me um, so that's a lot of fun thank you very much Sid for recommending this to us I'm a big fan of this um, and knowing that I mean I, I won't say I won't say I'm a big fan of it. I enjoyed my time with it. Knowing that Chris is into it uh, even more and sees this becoming a long term thing, like I makes could see me us way more into it. I could see us going back and being like, let's try this again, where we have more than because we were also getting a feel for like how it was going to work. Um, but now that we kind of have a better grasp on that, if we, even if we took like an hour, hour and a half, yeah. I feel like I would really start to be like, wow, like I could see this being a a thing I come back to more regularly. You know what I tell you? I, I can see this being a really nice kind of Saturday post-brunch Yeah, ritual. exactly, exactly. Like, that would be nice. Like, have a coffee, have some pancakes, maybe some sausage and hash browns, something like that. Come home, take a load off, sit down, 
Let's do some co-op StarCraft missions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That sounds good to me. I like the sound of that. Yeah, that's pretty good. Another thing I need to address. Um, okay. That it's my mission this week to finally play this game. I actually just installed it before you hopped on Skype. Um, Fortnite Battle Royale on PC. I, I had I had wanted to play this before uh, this episode, actually. Hmm. Uh, and I had something set up to play it with our buddy Josh. Um, and who is actually, I think, been on the show. Yeah, he's been on the yeah, show. Yeah, he's before. been on the show. Yes. Um, but then date night at Urban Eats happened. And the night just went out of control after that. So... <laughs> Uh, I did not end up doing that. And so I feel like because Fortnite is one of my big uh, blind spots as well. Uh, as I had said before, like I've written a bunch of articles about um, PUBG having right. never played it. Now I have played it. Granted, only I think three matches or something, yeah. two or three matches, something like that. But um, but the aesthetic of Fortnite speaks to me way more. And I just ended up writing an article about uh, jetpacks coming to Fortnite very soon, and I'm gonna need to see that. Yeah. Well, I keep getting any game that any game that has jetpacks in it is a game I need to be involved in. I keep and I finally I posted a joke on Facebook the other day where I was like, "What's this PUBG the kids keep talking about these days?" And like the number of people that I first of all didn't even know played games like period um, that were like, "Don't play PUBG, play Fortnite." And, like, I was, th- I get paid on Friday. I was set that I was buying PUBG this weekend, finally. Like, I, it's 30 bucks, why not? Um, and I keep thinking about it. Um, but now I'm of the mindset where I'm like, you know what? Fortnite's free, and people keep telling me it's better, and there's not. And, like, I, I don't know anything about these games. Um, so yeah, if you have an opinion on it, like, I apologize. Um, but Yeah, it's not as janky. Yeah, and that's my main thing is like I I, not as many cheaters and that sort of stuff. That's kind of my biggest problem with a lot of PC gaming at this point is just like the the lack of polish on certain games. Um, Yeah, because like you play a game like Overwatch that is like so well executed. Yeah, it's like Nintendo level of polish. Yeah, and then you look at PUBG and some of the stuff that can happen in that game, and it's it's like like Blizzard level of polish, which I think is maybe even more. Yeah. Um, so because not I'm, only are their games polished, they're all amazing. Yeah. So Whereas I'm like, definitely. I mean, on, uh, like, who wants to? Who wants to play freaking? I don't know Yoshi's Woolly World or whatever. Hey, you watch your mouth. I I will watch. My I mouth. haven't played that because, game actually. Because legit, there's the Yoshi Switch game, and I'm gonna get it. It looks so cute. I, because I've I've committed I've committed to to getting the uh, getting the new games. Will you? And I feel like this is gonna be the interesting one to see MPD numbers on. Will you be buying Kirby Allies or whatever it's called? Kirby Star Allies or whatever? Yeah. I, I, it comes out uh, like this is, month or March. Yeah, technically is it, now. It's Switch, right? Yeah. Okay. I have is no desire that, to buy this game. Is it a platformer? Like like Kirby? It's, Cur- it's a Kirby game. It's a multiplayer Kirby game. Well, from, from my understanding. Well, yeah, it's a platformer. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I don't I don't know. I'm going to wait for reviews. The last Kirby game I bought was uh, the, I think it was Crystal Curse or whatever. The one on Wii U, which was terrible. And just got it for me for my birthday and I felt real bad. The last Kirby game I bought was Kirby's Dreamland for the original Game Boy. Wow. You old as fuck. 
Nightmare yeah, in Dreamland's a great game. Uh, yeah. I don't think I've liked another Kirby game, but I've also never bought another one. They're also very easy. Like, they're meant to be easy. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. It, de- it depends. It depends if, first of all, I mean, the, the big elephant in the room is if I end up reviewing it. Um, That's true. Then, then obviously I, I will play it. Yeah. Um, if I don't end up reviewing it, I think it probably depends on what else is going on at the time. Yeah. Um, there's, there's starting to be some, some whispers. So I'm not sure. I'm not sure what, what I'm going to be playing. Uh, but I, I don't know. I'm not opposed to it, but I'm not particularly interested in it either. It's a game I could pick up for like 30 bucks, but I don't, I, I don't feel right dropping 60 bucks on that. That's an excellent point. Um, like 30 bucks on a sale. I could be like, yeah, all right. I could swing that. But, and a lot of these games that I've been, you know, kind of branching out and doing stuff with have been cheaper titles. Um, for example, golf story, uh, you know, uh, the entire indie library on Switch, basically. I mean, I, w- I would say Blossom Tales, but I didn't, I didn't uh, pay for that. Yeah. Um, but still, it's another cheap game. But yeah, there are a lot of them. Actually, now that I'm thinking about it, like, I still haven't played Celeste. Um, and uh, I mean, there's 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 a lot of stuff. The the big sixty dollar releases that I've paid for, I'm, you know, I, I bought. Uh, Splatoon 2, which I regret, and I bought um, Mario Plus Rabbids, right. which I do not regret, um, but I still feel like should have been maybe 40 um, Well, Zelda but as well. I bought Zelda. I don't regret that at all. And it was no, I know. I'm just saying it was a $60 game. Yes. Um, and I, I mean, I bought, I bought Mario Kart 8 Deluxe and things like that, but like th- those are games that like I knew I would... I knew I would enjoy. And you got your money's worth out of it. If not, I mean, I knew I would enjoy Mario Kart 8 because it was the exact same game as on Wii, but just right. with a little bit more stuff. Right. Um, Zelda, I didn't know I would love, but the reviews were all freaking ridiculous. Um, and I got it on freaking launch day. So it's like, why wouldn't you? It's a sore dick. Um, can't beat it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, you know, but taking a gamble on a $60 game is a little bit harder um, and I know, I know it's, it's a, it's a bit of a rougher proposition for a lot of people as well. Um, so I, we'll, we'll see. Yeah. We'll see. Just curious is all um, why I have to ask. Of, you're really going to go into that before I'm going to say this next thing. Okay. Fine. I think, I think this is what this is. Okay. Why is the Silmarillion on the show notes? That is not where I was going. All right. Uh, but it's fine. We'll talk about it. So I've been reading um, more lately. A friend of mine is going through a very difficult personal time. I don't want to talk any more about it, but one of the things that is a result of his um, his troubles is that he has become more um, meditative. He's become more self-reflective, and he has made a commitment to uh, take a step back from video games and read more. Mm. So he's been reading a whole lot, and that inspired me. Not to stop doing the thing that I love and is also my job, but to make an effort to be 
well-rounded in the way that I spend my time. Mm. And so I had been meaning to read the uh, J.R.R. Tolkien's The Silmarillion for quite a while, having been someone who read The Hobbit uh, and The Lord of the Rings. So wait, you've never read this? I've never read this. Okay. Uh, you gave me a very loaded look. No, no. Right there. I'm, I'm waiting with bated breath to hear what your thoughts are on this. I'm not very far in. Oh, okay. Um, there are, I just, I just wanted to mention that I was, that I was reading it and, and I'm excited about it. The, I read the, the creation story so far. Okay. Uh, basically the God of the Tolkien world of middle earth created. It's, it's, there are a lot of parallels to the Christian origin myth. Mm -hmm. Um, but in the Silmarillion, they actually go into it and they talk about how, um, it's like something L. Cal-L. Basically, yeah, I was about to say. I was about to say. Uh, but like the, the, the god of that world created basically the angels who ended up being the wizards in the story. Spoiler alert. Um, to sing, basically. And he created all of these creatures through song. So it's like a really interesting thing. Like he taught them music as their language and then he let them go and make their own songs. And like the way that they ended up doing that was, I don't know. It's just very interesting to me. Um, and you know, then there's somebody who wants to not sing the same song as everybody else. He wants to sing kind of his own song and he becomes like the antagonist. He becomes basically the devil. Uh, if, if we're paralleling this with, you know, the Christian mythology, um, and so I, I'm, I'm excited. I'm reading a lot about like the weird seafaring peoples of the different continents and like all this stuff. And a time when, when Sauron was actually taken prisoner before he was basically the freaking big bad of uh, the Lord of the Rings. Um, how there were like some, some men uh, who spoke the elven tongue and knew the old ways who were able to completely subjugate him and like that sort of a thing. And then if, it's just, I don't know. It's, it's crazy. If you're not familiar with what this is, it's basically like the, the origin story of middle earth and all of the Lord of the Rings lore, um, by J.R.R. Tolkien. Um, but I don't think he intended to publish this. I think his son actually did after his death. Yeah. He, um, he basically did it like for, I think basically like world building purposes for his own accord. So he could write the Hobbit and, um, the Lord of the Rings, which series. is nuts because it's freaking like over 300 pages. Oh it's yeah. It's like, it's like, it's like a freaking game of Thrones book. Like there it's are huge. Parts, dude, there are part and like the Hobbit, there are parts of that book that are really any of his stuff. Real, real rough to get through. I, yeah. Tolkien is, if you've only watched the movies and you haven't read the books, there are parts where he goes on for like three days, just describing the scenery in a scene he's about to talk about. Yeah. And it's like, man, I appreciate like, your you have words. A vivid you could image. truncate this. Yeah. You have a vivid image of what it is. Um, sure. as long as your attention span is that long to actually yeah. recall all of the parts of it. But, um, yeah. it's, it's a thing. It's a, it was, it was never laborious when I was young. No. I will say that. I, I said the same thing. Uh, I was engrossed in it when I was young. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
because I read The Hobbit, I think, when I was in like third or fourth grade, and I loved yeah. it. And now I think if you gave it to me, I'd gouge my eyes out. I think I'm the only person I know that read The Lord of the Rings before The Hobbit. Because I didn't, a lot of people I talk to are like, I read The Hobbit as part of school. I, that never happened. Oh, no, I read it on my own. I think I, I don't remember which one I read first. I think I, I saw the first Lord of the Rings movie first and then. And then read them? Yeah, read them all. I don't know what order okay. I read them in, though. Yeah, I, I read I read the Lord of the Rings when I was younger. Uh, I think, at the very least, by the time I was in high school, yeah, um, I had I had read them, um, or or perhaps I read them in high school, uh, but then I read The Hobbit sometime later, um, and it's good. It's good. It's different. It's very different. I didn't expect it to be just about like literally one thing. Yeah, because the Lord of the Rings is about one thing but then you get sidetracked so many times on your way to do that one thing whereas the hobbit is just like hey we're gonna do this one thing we got sidetracked twice but we're still making extremely real progress towards this one thing okay we got to the one thing it's a little bit more complicated than we thought uh we're gonna wait here for a while and then it takes a sharp right turn into something totally different yeah um which is still good. Have but, you ever seen you know. um, like any of the pictures where I remember when the Hobbit movies the were moving coming pictures? out? Uh, the moving pictures when the Hobbit movie uh, movies were coming out. Somebody on Reddit posted a picture where they were holding the book and they put like their fingers between where uh, the first one, the second one, and the third one like begin and end, um, and like a good chunk of it is the first one, and then the second one is. Uh, I think it was like a quarter of it. And the third one was literally like eight pages. Like it's, it's such a small amount of time that happens in the book that they just like made a giant fight scene for that movie. Yeah. I was about to say the third one is probably just the battle. Yeah. Interesting. I mean, that seems like it'd be a good way to end something, but I also watched the first Hobbit movie and that's it. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I mean, it's cool to see Benedict Cumberbatch as Smaug, but... Is he really? He is. I have oh, to look up some clips you of need that to, Yeah, I was going to say, you need to look at when he's in the VO, or the motion capture booth, and he's got all the balls oh on him, God, and he's on all fours, like, crawling all over the place, dude, it's awesome. <laughs> that sounds awesome. Yeah. That sounds awesome. Uh, yeah, so I I will keep you posted as I try to broaden my horizons by reading lore on books that I've already read. <laughs> uh, what, big news um, that, that came out. Um, s- smaller news and then bigger news. It's been a while since we've updated you guys on like PS Plus and Games with Gold and things like that. Next month's uh, PlayStation Plus games are pretty great. Uh, so if you have a PlayStation 4, I highly recommend um, getting ready and freeing up your schedule because next month they are giving away as a part of the PlayStation Plus membership Ratchet and & Clank and Bloodborne. Which what I love about this is that like you are so hard on Bloodborne and I am so hard on Ratchet and Clank. Like I love yeah, that game. This is the pl- this is the platformers month. March <laughs> 2018 is the freaking platformers month of PS Plus games. Yeah. It's got Chris's baby game and my freaking grown up get hard game. Say what you will about Ratchet and Clank being a baby game. That game I, That game I, is super I'm, fun. 
I'm just making that joke because no, we have I an established, uh, you know, an established bit. But uh, I, it is Ratchet and Clank is still sitting on my shelf. I borrowed it from uh, from my little brother, uh, Asia. I still have not even put it <sighs> in to install it. Breaks my heart. Uh, but now I will go ahead and give that back to him, uh, <laughs> and then I'll just play this one after yeah. I download it. Um, but anyway, but the bigger news is the announcement that from this point um, until one year from March, this will be the end of PS3 and PS Vita giveaways as part of the monthly PS Plus games lineup. So March 2019 will be... March. Yeah, March 2019, they will no longer be offering PlayStation Vita and PlayStation 3 games as a part of PS Plus. Which... Um, Which is, I mean, there are a lot of people who had thought... I'm surprised that it's gone on this long. Yeah. Um, especially given that Vita is basically discontinued. Yeah. Um, I, I don't think they're, they might not actually be discontinued, but they're definitely out of production. Like they're still, I think they're still producing them in Japan or at least they were as of last year. I don't know how yeah. much that's changed since the switch has come out because that's kind of taken over at this point. I mean, it's freaking eaten. It's lunch for good reason. Sure. It's better in like literally that, at this point. I mean, Vita's, not literally every way. No, but, but Vita in is ma- in many ways seven year old hardware, at least. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The funny thing is, is that uh, Vita still runs some things better than Switch, <laughs> which is super weird. Like I don't know which how. Which is weird. Yeah. But for 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 example, um, the Vita runs Super Meat Boy better than Switch does. Oh, does it um, really? It does. I never noticed any framing of any kind in the Vita version that I played. And in the Switch version, there was a tiny bit of it. Oh, that's um, so beat. Which stinks, but at the same time, I, I I don't know. It has to be optimization. Yeah. Um. But, I mean, not that the Vita was super easy to program for. Right. Not that I know, but just from what I've heard. But anyway, so uh, somebody actually hit me up um, and said, well, I guess it's about time for me to upgrade then. Um, because I mean, you can ride the freaking coattails of this stuff for as long as you want and get a bunch of free games. Like I was just thinking today, like if I was to get somebody a console, um, if I had freaking disposable income, uh, what would I get them and what would I recommend? I, and I would, I would probably say like, get somebody an Xbox or, or Xbox one or PS4 and then just tell them buy PlayStation plus and just have, you know, free games. Like if you're, basically. if you're a casual gamer for the most part unless there's like certain games that you definitely want to play then obviously go out and buy them um but i've made that argument for a very long time regardless of xbox or uh ps4 um 60 bucks gets you playstation plus or xbox live for a year like that's one game that's the cost of a single new game and you if you like any of those games well enough to buy them that they give you during that year it pays for itself right and let me tell you it's silly to not have it they're gonna give you. They're gonna give you more than one that you like. Yeah. So, if it's if you it. if you do not own PS Plus and you have a PlayStation Four, at the very least, buy uh buy like a three month thing of it and play through Bloodborne and Ratchet and Clank next month. Yeah. Because like, it's come on, hella worth it. Yes, Bloodborne's amazing. There was one other you, game when you want to take a break. That. That I was when you want to take a break with. from the big boy game of Bloodborne, 
you can take a step back and play Ratchet and Clank for a while, make yourself happy, and then when you're ready to come back and play Bloodborne again, you can do it. It's great. Also, hit me up on Twitter. I might not be able to help you out, but I want to know that you're playing it. Is Bloodborne Claire. That was the other one. Is that supposed to be good? I keep seeing it places. I don't know if it's good. That and Mighty Number 9, but like... Is that that one that Marty Sleeva was tweeting out about the relationships and stuff? Is that that one? I think so. No. I thought that was a mobile game. I don't know. But it's it's know. a Vita game that's crossed by with PS4, so... Okay. You essentially get that as well. And then Mighty Number no. 9, but like that game's awful, so... I mean, I'm gonna try it. it, it I'm gonna you try can. It. It's not yeah. good. Yeah. It's my stance on I've heard it's okay. Do you have anything else? I do. We're not. gonna play Fortnite this week. We're gonna play StarCraft two this week. We've got. We we should do this. Yeah. We should do this thing, Joshua. I agree. Okay. I, I mean, I'm good. What do you I'm, say we sign I am off? Spent. It is one nineteen in the morning. Jeez. Oh, yeah. I just looked over when I was laughing loudly and realized that uh, it is almost twelve thirty, <laughs> and uh, Audrey is just in the next room. Just two. Thin glass transoms separating us. <sighs> Thanks so much for hanging out with us for episode 84 of The Platformers. Have an opinion on stuff that we said? Why wouldn't you? We said a whole lot of stuff. Hit us up on Twitter. You can find me at Ribnax, R-I-B-N-A-X. You can find me at Shrives93, S-H-R-I-V-E-S-9-3. You can find us both at Platformers Pod. If we're streaming, it'll be at twitch.tv slash the Platformers Podcast. And uh, as always, our review policy on, you know, whatever platform you listen on is still live. So if you want to suggest a topic for the show, uh, give us a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to it. And then hit one of us up on Twitter, letting us know that you did so and also what you want us to talk about. Uh, We may not be able to get to it immediately um, like we did with this one um, for this week, especially depending on when you post the review and when you hit us up. Uh, But we will definitely get to it. Um, And I'm excited to to get more requests. So definitely hit us up. Um, I hope that you all go out there and don't sexually harass anybody. But do play a cooperative game with someone. Find someone you love and don't grope them. But in fact, cooperate and take down some freaking heinous threats. Also, Rent is on Netflix. I was told via Snapchat while we were recording. Rent is on Netflix. That means I'm going to be watching Rent. I'm so interested to see what you think. Just as soon as I finish off Dragon Ball Z Kai, which should be <laughs> in the next like couple of days, probably. Nice. Uh, I'll be finished with it. And then I need to go back and see what episode we started talking about this so I can see how long it took me to watch all of this. I don't think it was more than just a couple of weeks. No, I mean, uh, it was uh, Fighters came out the 26th of January. But I then only I know, know I was, I was watching a lot of Super at that time. Yeah. I need to figure out how long I've been watching uh, Zekai. It's good. Zekai. It almost sounds like Zeke Heil, which I am not. I'm super not. <laughs> Nazis are bad, okay? Okay. Don't punch a Nazi though, because that's still it's still assault, and you're gonna go to jail. Don't do, don't do that. Just live your life. 
and let love be love. Because until next time, we are out.